When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Silver and Black Flashback with your host, author of the Raiders Encyclopedia, Rich Schmelter. As always, thanks so much, Murph, for the great introduction. All right, Raider Nation, let's travel to Charlestown, Massachusetts to set the tone for this episode of Silver and Black Flashback. So why are we going back to this area of Boston? because it is responsible for producing one of the Raiders' greatest defensive stars, Howard Matthew Moses Long, but better known to the world as just Howie. It almost seemed that he was meant to be a member of football's bad boys long before he traveled across the country to suit up with his Raider teammates. Long was a native of Boston's Irish Catholic-dominated Charlestown area, where the streets were his playground and fights were just part of the asphalt jungle in this rough, blue-collar neighborhood. Long was born just a few days after the decade of the 1960s dawned on January 6, 1960 in Somerville, Massachusetts, and then raised in Charlestown. Now, playing football held no interest for Long as a child, even though he could run fast and was big. As a matter of fact, when he was nine, he weighed already 120 pounds, and by the time he was 11, he was as big as boys three or four years older than him. With that type of size and quickness, it seemed like a crime not to get Howie onto a football field. Even though Long was big for his age, he apparently was not tough enough and got picked on by kids. His cousin decided to help toughen him up by making him fight back against the bullies, even though he did not have it in him to do so. But eventually, the tough love approach worked, and the kids started to leave him alone. Home life was not much better. When he was nine, his family moved out of the home they shared with his maternal grandmother, and then things got really tough for the youngster. Two years later, his parents separated, and one year after that, they were divorced. Following the divorce, the court awarded custody of 12-year-old Howie to his mother, who was bedridden most of the time due to bouts of epilepsy. Living with his father would have been tough because he worked a day job as a laborer and only had his car to sleep in. Amazingly, his father moved back with his ex-wife's family for nine years until he got remarried. When he was hungry, Howie had to go back to his grandmother's house, who also supplied him with clothes. With no guidance, Howie drifted to the tough streets of Charlestown, where his future might not have been all that bright and filled with possible delinquency, jail time, or even death. An uncle and cousin managed to get him on a Little League football team that they coached, but Howie did not last long on the team. Even though he had the size of the older boys, he was still only 11 years old and was basically used as a practice team whipping boy, taking a daily beating from 13 and 14 year olds. In addition to not wanting to be beaten on constantly, Long also suffered from a lack of confidence and fear of failure. While playing sports in the streets, he had no problem around the playgrounds playing basketball and baseball, but football was different for him. It was organized with coaches yelling and people watching. It just proved to be way too much pressure for him. 
Now, it is strange to imagine this happening to a person that turned out to become one of the most dominant defensive linemen of all time. It just goes to show that even the all-time greats had periods in their life when things did not flow perfectly for them. Those periods of fear and doubt followed by success make perfect sense as to why so many tears are shed while delivering enshrinement speeches at the Hall of Fame. An amazing thing that no matter how much he succeeded in football at any level of competition, fear or failure was always an unwelcome companion for Howie Long. In his early teens, Long skipped school to go and load crates on the docks for $20 a day. He also swept up at a bar called the Rusty Scupper at the age of 13, even though he looked 16 and worked at a pet shop unloading fish tanks. When he was ready for his sophomore year in high school, he faced a real problem. When he did attend school, the environment was rough and one had to be tough or get beaten up on. He became a no-show at school, missing 45 straight days, deciding to work his odd jobs for money instead of studying. Now by this time, his grandmother, who he was living with, decided to send him to live with an uncle in the suburb of Milford. That community was located 42 miles west of Charlestown, and his Uncle Billy ran his crowded household with discipline he learned in the Army. In addition to bringing in Howie, the house consisted of his uncle, aunt, and four of their own children. His grandmother's hope was that the change to a more docile environment with strong discipline would allow her grandson the chance to change direction and provide a positive impact on his young life. His uncle enrolled him at Milford High School, but at first, Howie was not accepted by his new classmates. He didn't have the fancy clothes like they did, or his parents weren't in the booster club. But Milford did have a dedicated coach in Dick Corbin, and the first time the coach laid eyes on the six foot two, 235-pound junior, he urged him to try out for the football team. Corbin's wife was an English and math teacher, and she helped Long with his studies. With the couple assisting him, he blossomed into a good student and an incredible athlete. Two years after finally deciding to play football, he became a star tackle. He helped Milford go undefeated and win the state championship in his junior year, and then earned all-state honors and selection onto the Scholastic Coach All-America team as a senior. He also lettered three years in basketball as a forward and earned three additional letters in track, where he set state records in the shot put in discus. He also threw the javelin. Surprisingly, only a few major college programs showed any interest in Howie Long. His initial plans were to attend local Boston College. In the end, however, Long decided on traveling to Philadelphia and play for Villanova University, where that school offered him a four-year scholarship, and he was considered the finest recruit the Villanova coaching staff had signed in years. Now, Villanova University was never regarded as a football factory, and in the four seasons that Howie Long played there, the team posted a 20-24 and record. In fact, by the spring of 1981, just after his senior year, the school disbanded the football program for a few years. Now, Villanova was always looked at as a basketball school first, and the football program took a very distant second behind it. Hot showers in the locker room were minimal, and while traveling to an away game, lunches consisted of an apple, a warm soft drink, and a sandwich with only one slice of meat on it. Now, despite all this, Long's time at Villanova allowed him to stand out so much that his talents did not remain obscure. 
He played nose tackle for the first two years at Villanova before moving over to defensive end. As a freshman, he started every game and had 99 tackles. In his sophomore season of 1978, he led the team with five sacks and recorded 78 tackles. A thigh injury caused him to miss three games, but he still managed to finish the season with 46 tackles in his junior season, and by his senior year of 1980, Long had four sacks and 84 tackles, which earned him All-East Honors and Honorable Mention All-America. On top of excelling as a four-year letterman in football, he also won the Northern Collegiate Heavyweight Boxing Championship. He took his incredible hand speed, learned in boxing, and applied it to football to get by opposing linemen. He also earned a degree in communications, and in addition to his success on the field and in the classroom, Long met his future wife Diane at Villanova. The couple married in 1982 and are still going strong as a couple all these years later. Following his senior year at Villanova, he was selected to play in the 1980 Blue-Gray All-Star Game in Montgomery, Alabama, but he was a late addition to the roster. Coming to his rescue was Harvard coach Joe Rustick, who was one of the North's assistant coaches for the game. Rustick's son and Howie played high school football together, and that connection helped him get onto the roster. Any fear that he had going up against some of college football's top talent quickly vanished as he disrupted the South's offense by blocking a punt and pressuring the quarterback all throughout the game. Thanks to Rustick's connection, Long played a great game and was named the game's defensive MVP. But most NFL teams did not think Long possessed all that much talent. Big mistake and shame on all those teams. All but one, of course. Care to guess which NFL team believed in Long's talents? It's an easy answer, folks. It's our beloved Raiders. While watching film on him, the Raiders came away extremely impressed by his commanding presence all over the field. Al Davis's keen judge of finding talent in obscure places saw Long's potential and decided to send defensive line coach Earl Leggett to Villanova to work him out. Now, the workout was a short one, and Long came away from the experience not giving it that much thought. However, the short workout was all the Raiders needed to see. Leggett was impressed, and after returning to Oakland, he recommended that Long should be the team's number one draft pick in 1981. Al Davis saw many of the same qualities in Long that Leggett had seen, and it did not take the defending Super Bowl champions that much time to ponder over the gem they found and made Howie Long a Raider. The Dave Casper trade to the Houston Oilers in 1980 gave Oakland a second-round draft selection in 1981. The end result of that transaction was one future Hall of Famer for another. With the 48th overall pick of that year's draft, the Raiders obtained the 6'5", 275-pound of force and muscle and mayhem by the name of Howie Long. At the time of his selection in that draft, Long was the youngest rookie in the NFL right behind Houston's cornerback, Bill Kay, by only four days. Over the course of 13 seasons, the native of Charlestown, Massachusetts, destroyed anyone in his path toward opposing backfields. In the beginning of his professional career, fear and self-doubt found their way clear across the country with the Raiders. In his first training camp, he thought his showing was awful, and to add extra pressure onto himself, during his first live contact drill, he was lined up against Art Shell, one of the greatest offensive linemen in history. In his rookie year, he saw limited action. He was used in pass situations as a tackle when the Raiders went to a nickel defense, but he still managed to lead the Oakland defensive linemen in sacks. 
The following year, the team relocated to Los Angeles, and Long became a starter in the fifth game of the strike-shortened season after Dave Browning went down with an injury. It was at this point that Long's glorious career truly began, and he was tutored by the great Lyle Alzado, a Raider teammate that took the young player under his wing and helped guide him through the early portion of his career. Also, the great coaching of Earl Leggett made Long a force of destruction. Leggett worked his linemen hard, taking them to heights both physically and mentally that not even they thought they could achieve. He constantly challenged Long each and every day. Long had great focus, he was a student of the game, possessed a strong work ethic, and had the ability to elevate his teammates to greater heights. His presence on the field was also like having a coach out there. He became a master of the rip move, a fast uppercut motion that he used to break free from an opponent's grasp. The rip move, combined with quickness, speed, and strength, allowed Long to explode off the ball and obliterate anyone in his way throughout the 1980s and early 90s. He learned all five positions along the defensive line and used great athletic prowess to move from one to the other on any given play. Those unlucky enough to face him were unable to adjust to the mayhem, and in the end, they were left confused and eventually on the losing end of this destructive force wearing number 75. When offensive game plans were being put together by opponents, the main focus when dealing with the Raiders' defensive line was how to stop Howie Long. Many times, he faced double or even triple team blocking, but regardless of the manpower thrust before him, he still managed to bulldoze his way through to pound running backs and quarterbacks into submission, recording 91 and a half career sacks along the way. His incredible talent earned Howie Long many prestigious accolades, including first or second team All-Pro honors in 1983, 84, 85, 86, and 89. He was named All-AFC four straight times from 1983 through 1986, selected to play in eight Pro Bowls, won NFL Defensive Lineman of the Year awards in 1984 and 1986, and was the Raiders Defensive Lineman of the Year award winner in 1985, and was selected to the NFL's All-Decade team for the 1980s. Following his retirement after the 1993 season, Long got into the acting profession and appeared in the films Firestorm, Broken Arrow, and 3,000 Miles to Graceland. He also did some television appearances and commercial work. He then landed a spot on the Fox Network's NFL pregame show, sharing his vast knowledge with the masses each and every weekend during the season. On July 29, 2000, Howie Long took his place among the game's greats with his enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. When it came time to select a presenter for his enshrinement, Howie Long asked Earl Leggett to do the honor. For it only seemed fitting that the man who first came out to Villanova to work him out and then molded him into the NFL player he became should share the stage with him on that special day. It was a long way from Boston's tough streets to the heights of professional football immortality for Howie Long. Throughout the journey, he overcame fear and self-doubt. He was an NFL legend, a Super Bowl champion with the 1983 Los Angeles Raiders, a master at his craft, a devoted husband, and father to three sons, two of which followed him into the NFL as players and the other as an executive with the Raiders. Everyone can learn from this Raider great's story that there is no challenge one cannot conquer and rise to incredible heights through hard work and determination. 
Thank you once again for listening to Silver and Black Flashback. And until the next time we meet, as always, and most importantly, you guessed it, love your Raider Nation! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.